Hello and welcome to Weekend Rental, the podcast where we discuss gaming, uh, geek culture, movies, and anything else that comes to mind. My name is Ryan, and today with me we've got Andy. Hello. Justin. Hey, everyone. And uh, for the first time ever, we've got a guest. We've got Nate, a.k.a. Cartridge Fun from YouTube. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Appreciate it. No problem. So, as always, we're going to jump right into uh, what we've all kind of been playing and uh, watching. Uh, a lot of games out this time of year. Uh, what have you guys been going through? Well, I think we get right into the the big game of the week here. Everybody's talking about, you know, how it's the greatest platformer in maybe a decade. So, uh, why don't you tell us about Bubsy? <laughs> It, it came out. Um, it's fantastic. The Metacritic reviews, I mean, they don't lie. That one, I mean, it was the second coming of Christ. I don't know if anybody else read that, but I believe it. It was t- totally factual, 10 out of 10 Metacritic review. But we did get grace with another fantastic uh, platformer, I guess. Super Mario Odyssey for the Switch. I don't know... I think everyone on has picked it up except Justin, who doesn't have a Switch. Yeah. Yeah. And Andy, you've not played it. I have not cracked the seal on it yet, right? Nate, have you? You've obviously picked it up. Oh, yeah. I've definitely been playing it quite a bit um, since day one. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers away or anything like that, but it's pretty... I've been playing it quite a bit really enjoy it it's um i don't know it's just i i haven't played a lot of like 3d mario games so i skipped the nintendo 64 one um but yeah i'm really really happy with it so far so i think i'm about three quarters three quarters through i haven't been watching any videos or anything like that so i really don't know how far i'm into the game but uh i feel like i'm about three quarters or so how many moons do you have do you know roughly um I think I'm at like 105. Okay. Somewhere around there. It's not it's not a ton. Um, you know, I was mentioning earlier there's a a guy that did 100% in like 2 days. Um, so 999 moons. <laughs> so, he has a little That's more insane. time on his hands. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. It's uh the last gamer. Um, he's that collector in Australia, I think it is or somewhere around there. Um, yeah, he's got that like entire subfloor of his house dedicated to a collection, I think. Yeah, yep, yep. So he cranked it out in like a day or two, and I don't know where he had the had the time to even do that. But yeah, it's it's really decent, really fun game. Very interesting take on, uh, um, you know, it's kind of Mario meets Kirby in a way because he can take abilities from uh, from enemies, and uh, so it's it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even think about the Kirby connection, but that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I uh, I picked it up on launch day and played through a couple hours of it on Friday, that Friday, and then actually finished the campaign on Saturday. I just wanted to get through it. Um, really solid game. I mean, it is a great platformer. Um, I Again, like you, I, I skipped the n64 so i've never to me i don't like 3d mario as much as i would like a traditional mario they're i mean they're good games but they're not right they're not mario to me like mario is mario brothers 3 or super mario world 
that's or even the oh, new Super Mario Brothers U or Wii and Wii U. Um, but it does have some of that nice uh, um, kind of 2D um, levels uh, that that's really interesting to play with kind of a 3D background. Um, that that was kind of fun little uh, thing to see on it. Yeah, it's kind of an unexpected nod to like the older games when you go through those pipes and you're back in like an 8-bit style Mario. It's it's neat. Right. I will say um, the one thing with this game, and I'm going to go off on like a completely wild tangent that I'm going to take complete sole responsibility for. I'm not going to lump the poor rest of the podcast into this. I don't think anyone's going to agree with my opinions, but after completing Mario Odyssey and then continuing to read reviews and hearing other people's commentary, I just got like more and more upset because I think there's like a lot of fundamental things that <clears throat> keep this game from my, in my mind being like that. Per- it's gotten so many 10 out of 10 reviews, which I think are just, it's unfair almost. I mean, it's incredibly polished. It's a really solid underlying game. But then you've got camera issues. Um, that's mm. to be expected. It's not horrible. Um, it's noticeable, though. Yeah, it is. And I increased the sensitivity up to high right away, so that helped a little bit. Um, the other huge thing that you can ignore, but it has motion controls. I don't know why they put a couple of the smaller, like subtle moves with Cappy on motion controls, um, which I disabled immediately. But then it doesn't remap them to anywhere else on the controller. You can get through the game without it. It doesn't matter. And then for some reason, though, it still wants to remind you that they're there and gives you like these big jarring pictures on your screen in the corner. And they're not that little. I mean, they take up like a sixth of your screen telling you to use the controller and how to shake it, like a little tutorial video or picture thing. Um, that bothered me. And then I think the one of the worst things is just like, so to me, the thing that Nintendo does great, better than any other company, is they create these really immersive, <coughs> cohesive game worlds. And Mario's got a well-established game world. And the art style in this game, there are just moments. Um, everybody's seen the T-Rex, and there are several other moments like that where it's just absolutely jarring to me to see Mario next to something that mm-hmm. is rendered more true to life. Um I don't I don't particularly like it. It kind of pulls me out of the game. I know a lot of people think that's a really cool feature. To me it uh it, it kind of sucks me out of it. And then you've got the whole new Donk City area. That messed me up. I completely agree with you. Yeah, and then It was so frustrating. Right. And then you'll you'll encounter like a later boss battle that's even more wholly out of place in my opinion. Um and it's stuff that like it it, it irritates me because it's very Sonic adventurish. And it's like these weird things that Sonic has done in the past and Sega that people just roast them for. But because it's in a Mario game, they get away with it. And granted, the fundamental game here is still 10 times better than what Sonic and the Team Sonic and Sega were able to do. But it's just really weird. And when I look back on this game, I'm not going to remember it for, you know how blown away I was at what a fantastic game it was. I'm just going to remember like how weird I thought it was that I was walking around normal human beings with this cartoonish character and I don't know. And then they, on top of that, they miss certain enemies. I mean, there are just certain subsets of enemies that don't show up um, traditional ones, which is fine in itself if they replace them. But I feel like a lot of the open world segments are just kind of without challenge because there aren't a lot of enemies around. 
And then some of the worlds and stops that you make just aren't that interesting uh, to me. Like uh, the snow level, for one, I just that area is just kind of not that enjoyable. Right. It seems like they put like more more time into certain levels than others. They just seem to me a little incomplete and pointless, like you said, where you just you uh, you jump in for you know it's just a really quick level and do some side missions and then you're out right away. Um, just doesn't seem like they put a lot of time into them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the other thing too, is that the thing that I was joking about this earlier, um, was that, so the entire plot of the game is that obviously, uh, Peach has been kidnapped and then Cappy's sister, Tiara has been kidnapped. So you have to scramble to get more energy for the Odyssey to fly after Bowser. But the whole thing is, is that if you really break down the game from the get-go, uh, Cappy is is a self-aware flying ghost hat that, first off, he can fly. We don't need the Odyssey. And second off, his entire species can possess people and control them at will. So in no way should Tiara have ever been kidnapped because she could have just possessed Bowser and like ran him off a cliff to his death. If anything, in this bizarre universe that Super Mario Odyssey exists in, they are the supreme beings that should be ruling over every other thing in this planet. So, like, to me, it's sort of strange. I don't know. And I know I'm, like, nitpicking on little things, and it's a great game. Um, it's just I really don't feel like it's hit that 10 out of 10 that a lot of people say it has. And, like, when we're getting to Game of the Year discussions and people are comparing this to Breath of the Wild, I think that's just grossly off. I just... Breath of the Wild is such... A better game overall way more superior yeah so it's gonna be i mean it's gonna be interesting because i'm sure this will make some of game of the year lists which is totally fine i just it's such a different level of um game though to me than than what breath of the wild did earlier in the year so as a sonic fan i'm gonna love this game is what you're saying absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, if you like that Sega Sonic Adventure butt rock, this is... I saw he can even roll like Sonic now, too. <laughs> That's right. Yep, they gave him the spin dash. Yeah. So, yeah, Ryan does not agree with the internet on how amazing Super Mario Odyssey is, basically. Although I will admit it's a very, very polished, good game. And my kids love it. I mean, this will be like the Mario game that my kids talk about forever i mean they're always they're running around talking about cappy to my in-laws yesterday they have no idea what they're talking about but you know <clears throat> nodding at my children okay cappy yep good but so yeah that that ends my rant i guess what did everybody else been playing i've been playing quite a bit of Fortnite. um it's the free battle royale mode um, they do have the PVE version that you can buy right now. It's going to be free, what, next year? Yeah, I think so. Um, I actually I bought that as well. It's pretty fun, though. Um, but I've been pretty addicted to the Battle Royale game. It's uh, kind of similar to, what, I suppose, PlayerUnknown's or those type Each of games. But I have a win on Solo, on Duo, and also on Squads. So three wins. And it's getting, like, insane amount of people playing, right? It's, like, the top playing thing on Xbox. Yeah. Um, they, they actually had some server issues because 
um, so many people playing. I think it said that there was 811,000 concurrent players. Jeez. Throughout the weekend, like, on during the weekend. <laughs> and uh, they had to take squads down for most of the weekend this past weekend because of that. And just trying to get it more stable. Like, everything played well. Like, duos and singles played fine. So, I guess taking squads down must have helped. But that's a lot of people. Yeah. Well, it helps that it's free. And it's help, it helps that you can't yeah. get, you know... PUBG on a console yet yet right yeah December 12th went on do you think that'll cut into them a little bit I think it will some it'll be yeah, on the Xbox um, market but I mean you know yeah I, I think PUBG has such a big following once it's released anybody that's playing Fortnite that's been waiting for PUBG is going to switch over but that'll only be half as many people as are on the PS4, right? Yeah. Since it's like double the install base. Yeah. Because I, w- I would imagine beyond PC that PS4 is the largest cross-section behind that by a good margin. Probably. I guess I don't know the stats for sure, but I would assume that would be correct compared to how many units were sold. So It's got a good art style. It's a pretty polished game. It plays real well, real smooth. Um, there's only been a few times where it's felt kind of glitchy or whatever but it usually clears up after a few people die (laughs) the biggest issue i think is you have a hundred people flying in on a bus jumping out at the same time it's gonna act up a little bit i suppose i like that whole sentence you have a hundred people flying in on a bus People have never played this. Like, what the hell are you talking about? I've never played it, so I was like, a bus. <laughs> All right, Epic. Let's do some yeah. sort of a sponsorship here. We'll talk more about it. <laughs> you fly in on a bus that's like it's a hot air balloon party bus. So like, there's this like horrible like EDM like dance music playing, and like people are just like bailing out of a bus. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of um, PUBG is the same type of thing. I think you. I don't know if you actually... Except they use an actual airplane. Yeah. Is it an airplane, or is it just kind of... You... Yeah, you fly in on a normal-ass airplane. <laughs> right, yeah. No, it's, it's the same concept, except instead of instead of the bus flying across the map, it's a plane flying across the map. Yeah. But, yeah, basically, well, yeah, for people that haven't played it, um, or any seen any game similar, um, you fly into the map, you have a couple minutes to loot stuff, find weapons, bandages med kits whatever and then a circle shows up and you have to be within that circle at a certain time otherwise you start taking damage over time and once you get in that circle another circle shows up you have to get in that otherwise you take more damage over time and it just continues until one person's last left alive or a group is left left alive and the, the one thing that it does differently than any other uh version of a battle royale is that you do get some crafting ability like there's some minecraft ish type elements where you can build platforms and walls and so that makes it a little more interesting so usually you have to try and manage not only weapons but you have to have some amount of materials to build some sort of protection in the final run because it almost always turns into like a small build off between a couple groups not always but most of the time it's pretty fun though and helped that it was free i suppose (laughs) that's always nice right good price point yeah uh speaking of free games well, not not really, but uh, Xbox free game of the month was uh, Oxenfree. 
and uh, I played through that a little bit. I haven't gotten all the way through it, which is probably only a three-hour game anyway, but it's kind of like a Telltale adventure game where you're with your friends and it's it's a bunch of uh, dialogue choices, uh, very light platforming, kind of walking around adventure style, but it's got some creepy stuff going on, and I don't know. I kind of liked it. Uh, I'll probably play all the way through it, but it was pretty cool. It's, 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 uh, the dialogue in it and the writing is really good. It's, it's very like what you would expect from what a teenager would actually talk about in the situations. So I was having a lot of fun with that. And you haven't finished it yet? No, I haven't. Uh, I, these past two weeks, I haven't had much time to play games, but that was pretty much the only one that I have. Um, my wife has been working on beating Horizon Zero Dawn, and I've watched most of that, and that game is pretty incredible from what I can tell. I kind of wish I could play through it too, but uh, just seeing the story and seeing the action and and the gameplay in it was enough to see that, wow, that game is looks like a lot of fun, and it looks like incredible. The graphics on that game are one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a game that could have done well with like a two-month buffer from breath of the wild yep i mean for sure it got hit pretty hard by the the release window being the same there but just like bubsy is right now <laughs> yep <laughs> in 10 years that's what acclaim will be saying if only <laughs> super mario odyssey had launched the same week as bubsy <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> And then I've I've still been playing Drop Mix. We actually learned how to play the actual game and been playing that a few nights a week. And that's a lot of fun. I want to find more cards, but you can't find them anywhere. Um, I I don't know if it's a stock issue or what the deal is, but like nobody's carrying them. Even online, or you haven't? Bought- yeah, even like even like Amazon, like we'll get them in and then they'll sell out, and then it's like third party third party sellers that. Or like triple the amount, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of people talking about it for a board game or a card game or whatever you want to classify it as. It's gotten a lot of press. I'm just confused on if it's an actual success or if it's not because, I don't know, like today it was like on fire sale on Amazon for 75, I think. So, and I know... I think that's kind of what they have to do, though. Like, that initial, like that retail MSRP of 100 is, man, that's a lot. Yeah. No doubt about that. Um, but, and I know, you know, Harmonics laid off a bunch of people recently too. So I don't know what the actual future of that game is. I know they, you know, talked about making new cards for a good long time, but we'll see. Especially if you can't find them in store and stores are just like choosing not to stock it. That's a real problem. Or maybe it's just such a hot item that everybody's scooping it up for the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know what the issue is. It's they're not making enough of them, or what the problem is. But it's been frustrating when you're trying to find more. <laughs> yeah, I still want to check that out. Yeah, it's fun I'll have to play that with you sometime. Yeah, because I don't have the kind of money to invest in the Buku premium board games. <laughs> yeah, can all be as well off as you, Andy. <laughs> My cardboard cards that have RFID chips in them. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> uh.
moving on, we're going to get into Buy, Rent, Burn. This is the recurring segment of the podcast where we each pick a game, bring it to the table, we play them separately, and of those, we each decide which game we would personally buy, rent, or burn. The selections this week, Andy has selected Stanley, The Search for Dr. Livingston for the NES. This came out in 1992. Justin has picked D-Force for the Super Nintendo uh, it was released in 1991, and I've gone with Marco, uh, also goes by Marco's Magic Football, uh, the Genesis version. This is 1994 release. So uh, starting back off, off at the top, I guess, Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit about your game? Sure. Uh, Stanley and the Search of for Dr. Livingston is kind of a weird game. Um, obviously a late release. It's kind of crazy that it came a year after Justin's pick on the Super Nintendo. Um, but yeah, I, I had not played this game before picking this game. So I just kind of picked it out at random because it seemed interesting and yeah, it's kind of, to me, it kind of reminds me like Zelda two, but not really. There's, there's, there's some, uh, as far as the map and the, you know, buildings that go and talk to and going to different places and doing side scrolling things. It, it's very similar to me there, but. Yeah, I I don't know if I could recommend this game <laughs> to anybody. Uh, it it was a it was a little tough to get through, and uh, some of the some of the controls were kind of a nightmare to me. Um, specifically, the one that just stuck out to me was like if you jumped more than like three blocks high and fell, you like instantly died. And like every other game, it just it would not seem like you would fall that far much. You would die. But instead of fixing that, they remedied that by giving you like an inspector gadget, like helicopter thing that comes out of your backpack. Oh. <laughs> if you, so as long as you remember to use that, you'll be fine. Uh, so it's just kind of like, well, that's nice when you're really falling down, you know, like a flight, of st- like a huge ladder or something like that. But having to do that after just jumping off a few blocks was, it was I, I guess I didn't have the muscle memory to do that. So I died quite a bit there. Um, how far did you guys get in this game? I got far enough to know that that snake can take a freaking punch. Like I punched <laughs> that snake 50 times and he didn't go down. <laughs> and that's when I stopped playing this game. <laughs> I think I was fairly close to, to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the controls on it is there. It's a little strange. And to remember to use, yeah, use the gyrocopter. I think that's what it's called. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, uh, yeah just to remember to use those things is is frustrating. And the graphics are just overly busy. It almost feels like um, maybe like a PC port or something. You know, like it, it didn't originate on the NES. Like, it's really yeah, I could see that. a weird style. The colors were, yeah, the, the mix of colors was just not appealing at all. <laughs> No, or the music. Honestly, all all three games, the music was really bad this week. <laughs> I thought the best part of the music, though, on Stanley was like uh, the start menu. That was the best. Oh yeah. And then after that, then you know, I was getting excited that the music would be fairly decent, but no, it was pretty bland. Yep. It's all downhill from that opening screen. Yep. <laughs> I didn't get very far into it, day. I tried it a couple times, and both the I think it was 
two times I tried it, yeah. And both times I got to the same point. It's like, screw this. I'm done. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I can think of five things I'd rather be doing at any given moment yeah. than playing this game. This is definitely one of those games that if you got to be in the mood to play this type of game and, like, sit down and figure it out and, you know, like, actually go to the right spots. and Yeah. I struggle with these type of games a lot anyways. Like, uh, like you, you said, it's kind of similar to, like, a, a Zelda-type layout for the going in buildings and stuff. I struggle with those games anyways because it's just, I don't know, it annoys me, I guess, having to go in and visit with everybody. Yeah, they like they hide some of the important gameplay details in some of those conversations, but ninety yep. percent of them are worthless. <laughs> like they don't mean anything, you know. What are you doing? I'm going into the jungle. Gasp! Like I had to see that three <laughs> times walking through the town. Like, come on. Trying to find the temple. Gasp. <laughs> Believe it or not, it actually gets like fairly decent reviews, I guess, from a lot of people. I I'm not one of them, but uh, yeah, it definitely gets some decent reviews as a pretty pretty fun, interesting game. But I didn't get that. I I could see like once you get more tools and stuff, and the mechanics grow a little bit, it would definitely open up. I bet. Yeah, finding finding yeah. the weapons well, it's at like least ambitious. Them. Yeah, yeah, finding the weapons like the machete and stuff like that. That's that's key, but um, yeah, the punching and all that stuff's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, it took me forever to realize how to use the weapon. Uh, yeah, I'm just like punching everything that comes at me, and I keep dying. I'm like, what? Right. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think we've given that game enough thought. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, why don't why don't you tell us about D Force? All right. Well, I guess it, it's a vertical scrolling shooter. Um, typical, you know, top-down helicopter shoot 'em up type game. Um, I had never played it. Well, prior to this pick, I, I played it once, and that was like two days before I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> so, prior to that, I hadn't played it at all. And it's it's a decent game. I I really don't like scrolling shooters like. I I struggle with side-scrolling and vertical-scrolling shooters to pay attention to because the uh, enemies coming in on random edges and just stuff flying all over the screen, I think it just frustrates my eyes and <laughs> I give up on watching and I crash all the time and die and lose. Speaking of, that's my favorite but, part of this game. Just like that crash animation with the mode seven and it sounds like a kid playing with his toy airplane <laughs> like that's the sound effect they recorded somebody's kid because you get hit and it's just and that's the freaking death scene i laughed every time i died and i loved it <laughs> the best part when you messaged me that like i was actually thinking about that and then you sent me the message it's like oh that's amazing it's so bad it, it sounds like they take a breath yeah. in between it <laughs> Like, they have to finish <laughs> the breath of the noise oh. so he can finish crashing. Yeah, it's and it's got, like, some of the most, like, vomit-inducing use of Mode 7 that I've ever seen in a Super Nintendo Oh, yeah. It's so poorly implemented. Like, honestly, like, I feel... You know how when you go... You can go to, like, Target or Walmart or anything, and you get those little handhelds, 
and it's like 20 bucks and it's like comes with 250 games built in like this is one of the shooters that you'd find in that game like, that's how i feel <laughs> like that's the level of quality you're getting from deforce it's bad <laughs> yeah i think i actually i like top-down shooters um to a certain extent like some of the bullet hell games that i play on an arcade stuff like that is is really fun um so you know when i was looking up deforce i thought it would be pretty enjoyable but it is to me it's awful it's it's very like it's just very slow pace it i don't know it, it's it's just awful i had a hard time playing through it it, it was yeah. Well, and did anybody try the other modes at all? I did the exploration after you mentioned it. Yeah. So, like, if you go to exploration mode, it turns, it drops you into a level with a prehistoric level with flying, like, I don't know what they are, some kind of birds, and then dinosaurs, and then you use the trigger to um, kind of increase or decrease your altitude, um, like you can see in some of those other shooters where you have to get lower to hit enemies that are on the ground versus enemies that are in the air. So that's kind of an interesting use of mechanic, but then it's just so ridiculous too, because you'll come across like waves of triceratops and you shoot them and like literally decapitate them and their heads just explode. (laughs) It's just so bad. This game is like off, honestly, like so awful. I love it. It's great. Like not great, but it's good. Oh, I'm, I'm right with Nate where I thought this was just an awful, like I'm, I'm the same way. I love top down vertical scrolling shooters and i've been playing a lot of raiden 2 lately and this is not that at all so <laughs> i could not get in the flow of this game at all um the hit the hitbox on it seemed a little wonky for that thing it's and huge. Uh, the bullets were yeah the hitbox is huge and then the the bullets are pretty big as well i, I don't know why i was having there's only like two guys on the screen at one time but i don't know why i was having such a hard time with them it, it just kind of made me well, go crazy. The thing too is like in a good in a good vertical scrolling shooter, you get to learn the enemy types and like the type of projectiles and patterns they have. And in this game, you have no idea because the same enemy could shoot like little pebbles or it could shoot these giant balls, and just I don't know. There's no way you to know. anticipate it. It's bad. It's bad game design all around. Well, I think for like a, a Super Nintendo release like visually it was terrible i I Uh mean for a super nintendo game there are you know nes top-down shooters that look way better than that like sky shark or 1943 or or stuff like that i thought look way better than than this game oh yeah they invested 100 percent into mode 7 and that was about it (laughs) even on the title screen mode 7 awful mode 7 Ugh. All right, another winner. So we'll get on to my pick. We'll talk a little bit about Marco. Uh, so basically, Marco for the Genesis, it's a side-scrolling platformer where you're a little kid, uh, and what they do a little bit differently is you control a f- soccer ball that you use to take out enemies, um, do different things with, like you can bounce it on your head. Um, you can also use it as a kind of a springboard in certain situations. Um uh, I mean, it's it's got. I mean, I wouldn't say it's an amazing platformer overall. It's got great animation and um, in a visual style uh, for a game of that era. Uh, the the animation on the 
Marco and his soccer ball alone are great. Uh, the level design, though, is a little weird. You start getting into um, guys hanging out of windows shooting at you, which seems a little strange. Uh, he is a child. And then there are ghosts and, like, slime monsters by the second level. So it's kind of out there. Um, but I think like the music is, a, I mean, it's a really good package overall. I mean, the music's pretty solid. Uh, the animation's good. The controls are okay. They're a little bit, they're probably a little bit too loose. Um, and the camera doesn't quite keep up with how fast Marco can move. So you really kind of have to, I guess, play the game slow to progress. Um, I mean, it, I played it as a kid and remember getting really far into it. Um, so I picked it up later as a collector because I wanted to play it again. And I, I still think... It's a solid enough game. What did you guys think? Yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, the only thing that really stuck out to me that I that was a little bit frustrating was I I feel like I could get the ball to go a certain way, and then I don't know how I did it, and struggled to figure out how to do it again. So you'd sit there for like a whole minute, like trying to kick a guy at a certain angle, and I could not get it the same way that I did it one time. Um, but overall, like just the, just the graphics, I love the graphics of this game. Um, huge sprites pretty much on everything, which maybe in some cases is a detriment, but, uh, it's, it, it looks like a cartoon to me, you know? And back then it, mm -hmm. it probably really stood out like that. Justin, aren't you going to explain why you're going to burn the game this time? Um... <laughs> I I don't know if I should say anything about your game this week. I'll be nice, I swear. <laughs> no, it it's actually I hate to admit it, but I really enjoyed this game. What? <laughs> um <laughs> Somebody get Justin on here. I don't know who this imposter is. <laughs> I was I was trying to decide a way that I could justify burning this game. <laughs> you could have just gone on principle. <laughs> It's Ryan's game, torture. But no, it's actually a pretty fun game. Um, the slime monsters, I think, that you were talking about, if you hit them once, don't they like shake the slime off and turn into cops? Do they really? Or, I know they changed. I, I thought so. Because I hit them once, and then the guy came up and like punched me, in it, and I'm pretty sure it was oh, a cop. Oh yeah, I did see like. that once. I didn't put together that it was a cop though. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. So that's kind of entertaining that the cop just punched a kid, but. Well, it's no weirder than people shooting kids out of windows, so... Yeah. In bonus stages. True. <laughs> There's like 15 snipers I, in the I bonus did... stage. <laughs> I really struggled with the the birds, though, when you're up on the wire. I don't know why, but those <laughs> those birds... <laughs> well, and weren't some of them, like, foreground, and some were... I mean, because I, I swear there were some that weren't actual enemies, and they were just there for... I, maybe, I, maybe that could be why I struggled so much because I'd try to avoid them and then they wouldn't move and I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm gonna die. And then one comes flying in and kills me. I'm like, oh, I don't know where they came from. <laughs> but no, it's I I really enjoyed playing that game. Um, it's a cool mechanic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a lot to it. The mechanics that you don't see normally so well i mean the mechanic too might have been part of the problem with the game because i don't know how many american children 20 years ago were just clamoring for a soccer based game um so it probably wasn't a great selling point over here i don't know how it did in other regions well that is titled football you know because of 
soccer, but right. everybody over here thinks of football some other way. Like that's a round. That's not a football. I was like, oh, good. I hope it's like Tech Mobile. Oh shit! It's just like Tech Mobile. <laughs> Same people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> so we got a little bit of overview on each one of those. Um, now it's time, I guess, to make our selections. We'll start back up uh, off the top. Andy, why don't you go ahead? Uh, for my buy, it's going to be Marco. Uh, I just love the art style in that game. And like we were just talking, I mean, the mechanic to its detriment sometimes it just, it is, it's a little wonky, but I kind of like that randomness maybe. Um, and then just being able to like respawn it and kick again, always have it there to kind of do different actions to suit the situation was really cool. Um, my rent is going to be Stanley in the search for Dr. Livingston. Cause I think there's a lot more to that game than I was able to play. Uh, (laughs) Because I didn't have the time this week to really sink into a game like that, um, so I would I, I kind of want to watch a video or something on that and and see where that game goes uh, further past where I played it. But yeah, it was not I was not too impressed with it. I should say from the beginning, but I could see where they were going with you know inventory and t- you know different places on a map. I was really interested in seeing where that would go. Um, and my burn is going to be D-Force. That is massively disappointed. I saw that game, and I booted that up and saw it was a vertical shooter. I was so excited. I was like, okay, this is probably my, my buy this week. And, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Justin? Well, um, against everything in me, my buy is going to be Marco. um it's a solid game um my rent i i honestly i think i'm gonna do this as my rent just because it's not the other one and that's stanley um i i don't really like that game and i don't plan on renting it from a gas station anywhere (laughs) nearby but um just because it's not D-Force, it will be my rent. Um, so D-Force will be my burn as well. Um, it's a terribly frustrating game and looks awful <laughs> and plays just as awful. So Nice. It feels fitting to burn that one. <laughs> uh, Nate, how about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with, uh, surprise you all, I'm going to buy Stanley. Um, it's, it's a game that, that's kind of interesting and, and, uh, I think you could really dive into it a little bit more, get a little bit more out of it. I actually remember renting it as a kid a couple of times. Um, so it's definitely, definitely a buy for me, uh, for rent. I'm going to pick Marco. Um, just visually it looks, it looks interesting and, uh, sound, it kind of has that classic Genesis sound. And then this is no surprise here, but uh, burning D-Force, big time. Uh, it's awful. It, it's visually terrible. Sound is awful. Slow game. Yeah, definitely light a match to it. <laughs> All right. So I, I guess I'll go with Marco. I would buy that one. Um, 
think it's a good platformer. It was fun to play it again. It had been years since I pulled it off the shelf. Um, I, maybe kind of an underrated game, and it still goes for very little money uh, on the Genesis. And then the Rent. I, I would rent Stanley just because, I don't know, I'm an NES guy. I like NES. I, I, I would agree Nate with Nate that there's probably more to it um, if you invest the time. It's just not a game that I invested a lot of time into for this. Um, so I think there might be more that I'm missing. And also, like Justin said, because it's not D-Force, it has to be my rent. <laughs> and then I would burn D-Force, which I'm convinced is an abbreviation for Douche Force, um, because this game is, is terrible. I actually genuinely enjoy this for how awful it is, though. Like It's just so laughably bad. And that that death sound animation is one of the greatest things in gaming, I swear. Uh, but yeah, that that game just needs to be obliterated. It's bad, real bad. <laughs> well, kind of an interesting Byron burn. I feel it was a little lopsided though, because um, Marco was the only one that was probably. I, I don't know. Marco had a little bit of an advantage. Uh, from the other two because it wasn't d-force <laughs> because it wasn't d-force anything <laughs> was better than that yes yeah. <laughs> okay coming into news we have some new retro games that are on the market real soon um some super nintendo uh cartridges are being put out by uh toywiz.com and retrobit uh and they're basically just a collection a multi-cart uh <laughs> repro of some data east games and jalico games and <laughs> they're officially licensed so it, it's kind of interesting that this is a thing. I mean, I could see why. I mean, Jalico and Data East, when was the last time you heard either of those names? Um, so anybody, they're probably sitting by the phone waiting. With, with, without suck behind them. Yeah. 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 It, it would be like super exciting news if it wasn't those two companies. Like if anybody, I mean... They have such weak lineups from like the arcade and sixteen and eight bit generations. All I think about is bases loaded. <laughs> yeah, right. When you when you said Jalico was like bases loaded, yep. that's all I think of. That'd be great if they just put out a NES game that was bases loaded one, two, three, and four. <laughs> <laughs> it's only thirty five dollars. Get it. <laughs> but yeah, they they're. Uh... It was earlier on today that the, they did uh, pre-orders. It looks like most of them are sold out now. But um, for $25, you got... I think they're normally 35 maybe? So it was 25 or 30 earlier today I saw them for. Um, yeah, so Jalico, uh, Super Nintendo is mostly brawlers that they had, you know, beat-em-ups. Um and then, obviously, the Data East has Burger Time and a lot of their classics, quote-unquote classics. 
Yeah. <laughs> Classics is loose, I feel like. Bad when you're when you're lumping in bad dudes and ring king is classics, I think we're, we're stretching the word there. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy barrel. Yeah. That, yeah. That's something. Um but yeah, the you're you're not getting a box, you're getting a cartridge with a dust cover and uh they all kind of have their own little the cartridge has like three red stripes on both sides, the screw is red, so it's they're styling this like it's a series that they plan on doing more in, probably. So I think it's interesting, but I don't know how to feel about it. Well, and I suppose they already had the licensing agreements from their previous, like, release stuff, right? I mean, this is the same group of people who put out that Retro Generations thing last yeah, fall, Yeah, I think so. Right? And I think there's a bunch of Data East stuff on there. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't connect those dots. Sure. So I suppose that's where that eased some of that transition. Yeah. Uh, the one that I was most interested in is uh, Joe and Mac, which has all three of them on one cartridge uh, for 30 bucks. That's actually yeah. not a bad price. Those are actually solid games, too. That's probably the best of the bunch. When you look through those the game list, <clears throat> that was the only one that really jumped out at me that I thought it might be worth a purchase. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'll be picking them up, but interesting hopefully they get some uh better quality collections yeah it could be an interesting concept like if they turn it into a series but they're definitely gonna have to license some better games yeah for sure hey they're coming out with another special edition of zelda as if two wasn't enough uh breath of the wild wild explorers edition ryan you said you were possibly gonna pick this up yeah i think i'm gonna get it i bought Breath of the Wild for the Wii U, um, and played through it there. And this is basically going to be for the Switch. It's a Black Friday release, uh, $59.99. It'll come with the game, a 100-page explorer guide, and a two-sided map. Um, so, I mean, if the, the thing is, is like if you have a Switch, you probably already have this game. So it's interesting that they're waiting this long and re-releasing another bundle. Um, but I guess for people like me, it's going to be worthwhile. I wonder if they're figuring that a lot of people are getting in on Mario now, that they would be going back to Zelda then. It could be, and then I suppose it's also well timed with like the second expansion that's coming out very soon, probably the same month. Yeah, very true. Yep. And switches are starting to get a little more accessible as well, so that might spur people along to pick that up as well. Yeah, it's nice that you can actually walk into a store and buy one now. I was in Target today, saw three of them, so. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of another thing I was going to talk about was that, you know, the Switch is on pace to outsell the entirety of what the Wii U sold in its first year. Jeez. So the lifetime of the Wii U is going to be outsold in the Switch by yeah. its first year. Which is absolutely which is, insane. What a turnaround. Yeah. I mean, if you really take a step back and look at the Switch and, like, where Nintendo came from off of the Wii U, there's no reason at all that the Switch should be a success. I mean, you're releasing what's essentially a smartphone, which everyone already carries around in their frickin' pocket with controllers that, like, wire in. Like, it, there's no reason that in today's, like, market a Switch should work, and it's just everyone loves it. It's it's bizarre to me, and it's great. I mean, I'm glad to have Nintendo back in a good position, but it's just strange. It's got that different feel, though, to it. 
to it that brings people to it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the Wii, when that came out, everybody was super excited about that, that I knew, like, because it had the motion control. And then they announced the Wii U, and just, like, you didn't hear anything about it. And then now the Switch again, and everybody's talking about it. So it's, I think it's just because it's a new name, new product, and a different feel to it. And I like that NVIDIA finally found a successful variant for the NVIDIA Shield. All they had to do was put the controllers on the side and put Nintendo on it. Success. <laughs> yeah. And they marketed it really well. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, with the Wii U, it just confused everybody with an, just the name alone. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yep. I think they, they definitely hit the market well with just even with the name. So, and then, of yeah. course, the the hype that they built up with it, with the NX and all that stuff that everybody was talking about nonstop. So. Once, I, once they brought out that initial, you know, pitch commercial and I realized that I didn't have to engage in social interactions and I could just play it at rooftop parties and street basketball courts. <laughs> I was like, yes, I never have to talk to a person again. I can game anywhere. Sold. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't talk to anybody on the, the system itself. So <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. Like, I, I hope they blow um, kind of the doors off of it. And, like, the second year sales are strong, too. It'd be nice if they could get to a good, you know, 20,000 install or 20 million install base after the first... 24 months out of the gate i mean then maybe we'll actually start seeing more um substantial third-party games i mean but really i think in addition to uh just the great first-party lineup is like and we've talked about it on here before is just it's become such a fantastic indie machine so i mean that's why i really love it yeah it'll be interesting to see the game the first party lineup for 2018 i mean with you have Mario and Zelda, they're not going to be back for another four years, you know? Well, I'm sure it won't be Smash Brothers since they accidentally patched in GameCube controller support for it. <laughs> <laughs> Wink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't think anyone bought that from Nintendo. No, we were working on other stuff and had no idea our GameCube adapter <laughs> would work. That's strange. <laughs> Certainly not a port of Smash coming. Yeah, I bet that'll be a 2018 game for sure. Yeah. Smash Deluxe Edition. Either that or they're going to build up the hype as if it's Smash and then it's they're going to unveil it to actually just uh, Kirby's Super Era. Mario Sunshine. We only need the large yeah. A button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, I, I, I suspect that'll be announced. That, that could be a 2018 release. I could see them porting that over. Yeah. I could see them doing some GameCube games, uh, either whether or not they're actually like HD updates or if they're just virtual just console. Virtual console yeah. Hey, that'd be nice if they did that in 2018, an actual virtual console. Nah, or <laughs> shit, I don't know. Just organize your virtual shop at all. I mean, put any. it's like the wild, wild west. It's been <laughs> since March. It's just like they throw crap at the wall and hope it sticks. It's such an awful store. Oh, especially now, it seems like all the people that are making mobile games have discovered that they can easily get their stuff on the Switch. Because you look mm -hmm. at, like, the recent releases and, like, 
almost half of them are just like, what is this? This had to have come from a phone or something, you know, a phone game or something. Right. That's one thing I don't like about the Switch. I felt, you know, like there's a ton of, like the phone style games, something that you would pay two ninety nine for. It's just, it, it was kind of frustrating. Yeah. Except it's $15 on the Switch. Right. <laughs> yeah. That does kind of suck. You don't want to get it flooded with a whole bunch of just crap, you know? Exactly. Clash of Clans on there? <laughs> Next week. Okay. Maybe I'll get one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I there's been some Sony announcements. I know uh, Splunky 2 was a big one for me. Um, and Guacamelee 2 was huge for me. Have you guys played the first ones of those at all? Excited about sequels? Guacamelee I played. I liked it a fair bit. I haven't gotten real far in it, though. I think I played that with you. Yeah, I think we did share play one day because nothing was working on whatever game we were playing. Yeah. That sounds like an awful game to share play. For it was how, actually pretty like, fun. Well, for how precise the, the some of the movements you have to be in that game. Yeah, well, the latency helps, let me tell you. Oh, Nate, you'd mentioned there's an interesting release coming up for all Nintendo platforms, it sounds like, at least home consoles. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Just Dance 2018. It's got all the class hits of 2017 on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, what's kind of interesting about that is that it... um, it's released on the Wii U Switch, but also the Nintendo Wii, um, which I didn't think they were still still making games for that. Yeah, I wonder if they called the factory and they're like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this order doesn't seem right. <laughs> I'm guessing what they've done, though, is like they've just developed the Wii game and then they're just literally putting Boarding it on a it. disc for the Wii U. They're probably not even developing it. They're just putting new songs in the the old, you know, yep. 2013's version. And they'll they'll sit on shelves of like Toys R Us and all those places for years. I can still go into Toys R Us and find brand new Wii games still wrapped, and they still want a pretty penny for them. Yeah, things like a time capsule. Yeah, their business model's a little bit flawed. <laughs> Hence the bank. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something might be happening. <laughs> maybe that's their. Uh, maybe that's part of their plan to get out of bankruptcy. Is like, no, we're gonna sit on every copy of Just Dance 2018 for the Wii and Wii U, and then we're gonna flip those things for like 500 on eBay in yeah. years. And then they're gonna invest into Rock Band kits. <laughs> right? yeah, I'd be curious to know like what the last uh, last Nintendo Wii release was besides this 2018. I don't know if like a Just Dance even 2017 was released on that or not. I think it was. Yeah, I think that I think was so. the official really? last released until this <laughs> one now. Yeah. I think the the last one besides Just Dance was FIFA. I forget. That might have been two or three years ago, maybe. Well, do you count Rodeo? Or Rodeo uh, or whatever with the But that, that was kind release? of bundled in. Right. It was technically a Wii U game with a Wii game in it. It's so confusing for those collectors that have a complete Wii set and they think they're done and then all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, still missing 
these Just Dance games. Luckily, only Casey the Game Nerd's worried about that. So, like, the one guy in the country is... <laughs> the one and only with all the Wii games, <laughs> yeah. Yep, he's the only guy who's like, damn it, I have to buy one more. And everybody <laughs> At else full price. Like, and even, like, the fact that they're putting it out on the Wii U seems insane, because the install base is so awful, and you can't buy the system anymore. I mean, you can't even find them used. Right. Well, I'm going to buy this one, you know. Are you? Yeah, I suppose. Well, I, I probably will, too. I need to get my Cars 3, because, yeah. you know, that's going to be... I'm sitting on my shrink wrap copy of Darksiders War Master, and I'll put those three next to each other in a glass case. <laughs> Just sit back and wait. You're going to be waiting a long time. A very long time. It's all right. I'm a patient man. <laughs> Did you guys see this crazy... Uh, scheme that GameStop has come up with for like unlimited renting of any game in the store. So in the realm of cra- crazy schemes, is this really that crazy for them or just... It seems maybe like desperate. Maybe that's the term. <laughs> I heard a little bit about it. You basically get to like rent through their stores essentially, right? Like you could go online even and get games and then bring them to the store. and It's kind of like a red box. Yeah, no way. very similar. Yeah, interesting. For uh, sixty bucks, I think you get six months of unlimited rentals from whatever whatever game and whatever store. And then at the end of that six months, whatever game that you have in your possession, you get to keep. So I mean, it seems fair. Would you say it was a month, or what they're saying? Well, it'd be like it'd be ten bucks a month for oh. six months, so sixty bucks. Yeah. Can you get new releases? Like, will they let you take a shrink wrapped game home? I'm guessing it's pre owned only, but. But then the downside is you have to go into a GameStop. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's a good chance that you'll take out a game and that store will be closed by the time you get back to return it with how well they've been doing right. lately. It's an interesting idea. I like how that's their, that's their saving grace. Is like, hey, remember the rental industry? Yeah, that failed, but this is going to work, guys. <laughs> like, this is it. GameStop's back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's not, I like that. I like that you get to keep the game at the end. That's an interesting piece. But like when you compare that to something like the Xbox Game Pass for ten bucks a month, and you don't even have to leave your house. Oh yeah, it's not even close. I yeah, I mean that the selection's less, but right. Yeah, I don't know how well that's going to do. It doesn't seem like. I mean, if you even if you had a lot of people doing it, I don't see where they make money on it. Really, I mean, everybody's going to pick that game at the end that's worth forty dollars or or more. You know. Well, it's because, like Nate was saying, you're going to go in, they're going to hassle you for 15 minutes yeah. about like the deal they can get you on some like Mario plushie until eventually you, they brainwash you enough and you buy it. <laughs> they lock the door, force you, <laughs> got a gun to your head. Pick one. Take it, 10% off. Oh, yeah, you can rent it, you just can't leave the store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to play it here. You got to buy a council and, yeah. It's like the BMG service. <laughs> CD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. So yeah. many free games, but you have to buy. Somebody should do that with video games. I'd love to do that. <laughs> like actually great, or you know, like using a fake name and getting one for free, great. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. It was like the whole Ponzi scheme with it, right? Yeah, I got a lot of CDs from those guys back in the day. <laughs> like how after a while you just start getting mail for random names, then. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Who's Steve Garfunkel? I don't know, but CDs are here.
Okay, so our guest today, we've had a pleasure of having Cartridge Fun on YouTube. Also goes by Nate. Been subscribed to your channel for a little while now and catch out. I usually catch every video. Uh, Sweet. Yeah. Thanks. How do you like your uh, how your YouTube channel is going? Uh, it's it's going pretty good. It's it's a learning process. I really, obviously, have had no YouTube experience before. Um, and like the whole reason I started it was just uh, where where I live and and uh, where some of you guys live just really isn't there isn't a lot of other people that share the same you know excitement about video games, especially retro ones. And so I felt like uh, I was really bugging my wife by talking about them over and over and over again. And she's like, "You really need to find some friends." And I was like, "Well, I'm gonna put out." <laughs> I guess a YouTube channel and I feel like I'll, I'll be talking to someone and you have like kind of connections. I've, I've met some people through YouTube and Twitter. And, um, so it's been, it's been pretty, pretty fun. Um, you know, I just upload when I, I can, it's not like I have a set schedule or anything like that. So I definitely want to focus on video games and not making videos about them all the time where you have to worry about okay i gotta get this done get this done um so it's it's just been it's been fun to uh fun to learn i guess yeah absolutely and I, I like how you said you know basically i'm in the same way that hey there's nobody around here that really does any type of retro gaming around here so that's kind of how i met ryan was basically through youtube <laughs> in a roundabout way Right, and I was shocked to meet Ryan. I was like, "There's another one here? Oh my gosh!" Like, <laughs> I thought it was the only one that that has Mario stuff animals, and <laughs> you know, it's not weird. So, well, to be fair, it's still weird. But at least it's more. still weird. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not alone. Yeah, it's like so weird that we've all kind of connected through YouTube just randomly, and uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to think like I would have never expected there to be the community that there actually is in our area when you come to like meet people and mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of cool. And it's always interesting when you get to meet other people who are into your hobby to the extent that we are, um, I think. And that's, yeah, I mean, a, YouTube is a great outlet for that. And, you know, and you're doing it the right way. I mean, definitely by not, you know, putting the emphasis on, I got to get content out and just like doing it naturally and still getting to enjoy your collection. That's, that's right. key. And I have no, like, technical background so just learning to edit videos i'm like man this takes forever <laughs> you know you got three hours of editing four hours of editing and rendering and um you know oh did i get a shot of this or, or whatever it, it definitely takes a lot of time and a lot of a lot of learning and it's fun to like go back and watch like my first video and just see like it's gotten better. It's not like it's not the best production ever, like Metal Jesus Rocks or anything like that. But uh, it's it's good enough for what I'm using it for. I'm not like yeah, now I need this as a full time job. I haven't jump shipped or or anything like that. Yeah, given uh, YouTube policies lately, that's probably a bad choice to begin with. <laughs> right. Ex exactly. Yeah, right. they demonetize everything. Well, the good news is my channel is so small, so <laughs> there's no monetization <laughs> option. So I had it for quite some time, and and uh, I think it was there by accident. And then I just got this random message that's that said, well, we're sorry, you don't have enough views, so 
You have to take your monetization option away. I was like, oh no. I think they just changed it, didn't they? Like they upped like the minimum you needed. I think that was like a pretty recent. Ten thousand, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Which for us little guys, it's very tough. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So for anyone who hasn't like seen your YouTube channel, um, I guess what what do you kind of focus on like video types? Um, yeah, it, it's all retro gaming. Um, I'm a big Nintendo fan, fanboy, I guess you could could say. Um, but I, I love all things all things Nintendo, and um, so I just kind of share kind of do a video once a month on just like things that I pick up uh throughout the month uh video games toys whatever and then um you know I have a few videos of just um doing some some game hunting but uh around in this area it's it's very difficult um because I don't feel like carrying a camera into a store and being that guy um you know (laughs) so yeah stuff like that um it's definitely a family thing too my kids probably like Ryan as well, where your kids just get involved because you, you are passionate about it and then they become passionate about it. So, um, you know, I've had them on, you know, I think my son did a, he bought a couple of Game Boy Advance games or he got some for his birthday and he felt like I got to share this on YouTube and tell the world what I got. And, (laughs) and so like, I don't know, maybe I've started some crazy monster or something like that, but, uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's been uh it's been pretty pretty fun yeah that's awesome it's always great when you can bring your kids into it and get the family involved yeah and it's definitely not like a time separation like where okay this is this is video game time it really kind of just all blends together i was you know before this podcast sitting down playing odyssey and my son's been like watching the whole whole time and, and so i really i don't play it unless he's down here so he can see you know how it's going and and he kind of follows along with the story and so it's kind of fun yeah yeah i liked your last video too where you talked about how you got the whole family like calculating like shipments of those mcdonald's toys (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so ryan take me in uh like the three things i'm most proud of um and when he was taking me i was like i don't even know what a take video is this is like my my YouTube experience, I had no clue what a tag video was. So I was texting him. I was like, what is this? What am I supposed to do? And, and so it took me a long time just to narrow three items down, which I'm sure it took you a long time too, to, cause there's so oh, yeah. many things you're like, Oh, I love this. I love this. And, and when you really started, or at least when I was really starting to think about it, it was like some of the simple things where I'm like, Oh, that is, that's just the coolest thing. Like mine are, you know, the McDonald's toys that were released uh, last year. <laughs> and, and literally the family was going crazy. We were like calling all the McDonald's, uh, figuring out when shipments were coming in. Uh, I'd stop in, which which ones do you guys have? And they were like, oh, we get new shipments every Thursday. And and, and so, yeah, it was, it was absolutely ridiculous, which... You know, in hindsight, it wouldn't be as fun, but you could have jumped right on eBay and spent $20 and got them all, probably free shipping. Um, but uh, it was the, it was definitely the hunt. Kids were doing it. I was making them eat all the chicken nuggets. I was like, keep on going. We got to get another one. Um, 
So, yeah, for a few weeks, we were a little unhealthy because I would make so many stops. And you just can't stop in and get a toy. I was like, I got to get a shake and whatever else. So That's awesome. That's pretty fun. Yeah. So, like, outside of YouTube and, like, as far as – obviously, you, you, you collected and had the passion before you did the YouTube thing. So, like, I, I guess, like, what's your background on, like, collecting? Like, how long have you been into the retro gaming scene, I guess? Yeah, um, so, like I said, Nintendo is, is my thing. Um, I got my first Nintendo in 19, it must have been 89 or 90, somewhere around there. So I was a little late to the game, but I was I was pretty young. I mean, you know, I was five. So um, that kind of started, I, that's what I did. I just played over and over and over again the games that I had. And um, so I had a cousin that... Uh, make the story i guess long but i had a cousin that um they had a house fire and i felt like he needed some some toys so this was around 1996 or seven and um he was pretty young so i I did the crazy thing by giving him my nes with all the games everything that i had um so i thought like he would really enjoy it um but as soon as I did it, like, I missed it. I missed, you know, 96, 97, that was like Nintendo 64. Um, and it just wasn't the same. I, I played my NES all the time. And uh, so it was about, like, 2007, I started really, like, I just, I need to buy one. I need to get an NES. And and uh, so 2007 is kind of when I really started again. And it turns out my cousin still has has all my stuff. So Jesse, if you're listening to this, I need it back for sure. <laughs> yeah. He's got all my <laughs> games and everything, but, um, yeah, I, so 2007, I kind of, uh, started again and I didn't, I honestly had no clue that it was even a thing like people collecting. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd hit up garage sales and it was very like slow process. And I think in the last, probably five years is when I really started kicking into gear where I'm, I love looking for the games, uh, especially the NES. That's, that's kind of my pride and joy and what my collection is focused on. Um, and it, it's not a massive collection. Um, cause I literally just buy garage sales, flea markets, you know, I, I hate buying retail. It drives me nuts cause it's so expensive. Um, so yeah, it's really been the last few years I really started uh, collecting more heavily. But then, then uh, like I said, then I decided to jump in YouTube because I just felt like I was kind of by myself for a while. And I was watching like other YouTubers uh, like Retro Liberty or NES Complex, stuff like, uh, you know, those guys. And I was like, man, I just really feel like should share what I have and just kind of see what other people have as well and kind of jump into the community a little bit. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so you've been doing this a little while. I mean, obviously when there was actual uh, NES games at garage sales. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, few and far between for sure. Uh, they're still out there, though. I you gotta. I'm that annoying guy when I go to garage sales. I skip the tables and go right up to the person and say, "Do you have any 
Nintendo games and then just list off all this stuff. And, you know, I've had a few times where they, oh, yeah, and they pull it out of their basement or something like oh, that. Oh, really? cool. Really? Um, I've never had that work for me. That's awesome. Uh, it, it doesn't happen often, um, but it's worked out a few times. And um, so, yeah, but I, I feel like even this month, I felt like I've been game hunting on a pretty regular basis and I just wasn't finding anything squat. Like it was just all junk. We, we games, you know, just dance 2017 <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's part of it. I mean, all of us here are in very Northern United States and this time of year when it starts getting cold, there is no garage sales. There's nothing like that anymore. And honestly, like where you guys are at, like, a lot of the honey holes that used to be there are are just gone now too. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not only have prices gone up on games, just the availability is not there. Yeah. Well, I don't think it helps either that you've got like the mainstream um buzz uh that's happened just recently, you know, like the last three, four years with you know, storage wars and stuff like the pawn stars where people get that crazy notion that this 80 you know 1980s nintendo game is worth a ton of money and they know nothing about it so it seems like you don't even even at garage sales you'll see stuff sometimes it's just insanely priced because people really think they have something which oh yeah like even mario duck hunt they've there's times that the guy's like asking 30 bucks for mario duck hunt and you're like that's the most common game (laughs) ever created (laughs) And the guy's like, well, do you understand there's two games on this one? And I'm like, yeah, I, I understand that. You're crazy. Uh, yeah, just if, you know, Mario's on it, they think it's it's gold. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah I say it all the time. Like, I just kick myself when I think back to, like, high school and stuff when I would go look for these games. And I would literally, like, laugh at people when they had NES games and Genesis games and Super Nintendo games for, like, two bucks. Because I'm like, these are worth a quarter. And then I'd, like, walk. Like, I walked away from just piles of games such an stadium idiot. events this yeah. is stupid i'm out and now if i watch into a garage sale and everything was flat two dollars i think i would just buy everything and like i wouldn't <laughs> even look at the label yeah <laughs> no i wouldn't care no I, yeah i w- i'm the same way two bucks is a really that's a good price even now it's like five bucks which still seems like a lot it's like that's still a fairly good deal compared to a lot of other places yeah it's definitely like a moving target. I mean, I used to be like three bucks. I'm not paying anything more than three bucks for any NES game. And now I'm like $10. I'll grab that. It's just nuts. It's been like two years, a two year difference almost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so I still go into like the retro stores just to see what they have. Um, you know, we have a couple in town. And uh, it, it's funny. Like you could go in one week. Um, like I saw. Bases loaded for one time for like 30 bucks, which is kind of expensive. And, um, you know, I went in like a month later, that same game is sitting there and it's $45 and it just keeps on going up in price, which is absolutely insane (laughs) for bases loaded. (laughs) Yeah. And nobody buys it. Yeah. Right. And it just, it just sits. Was that electronic underground? I'm guessing on that. Uh, no, that's uh, rock 30. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Usually the like sticker shock I get from Electronic Underground. 
or Electric Underground or whatever. But they have the buy three get one deal, no matter what. It's true. Plus, and while I'm in there, I can get my vaping supplies. I mean, that's all I care about. You can get your vaping supplies. <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, you still got the garage sales. I hit that, but like you said, it's it's a seasonal thing. Um, and in wintertime, there is absolutely nothing. But we do have like citywide garage sales that are indoors. Um, I think one's in the fall and one's kind of in the spring. You know, there's still snow on the ground and stuff like that. And I've found some pretty decent stuff at those. Um, and just, you know, I, I try to get to know people. I have a place downtown that it's kind of a retro clothing store. And um, she's been really cool when she gets games in to call me right away. And um, so it's kind of cool to just kind of build relationships with people a little bit. And they they generally call. So Yeah, really cool. Yeah, I'm jealous of that. Not like everything is is gold, you know, not everything is is amazing. But even at the, I mean, Ryan and I go to the same flea market. I'm sure you guys have been there too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Not that, uh, that's the thing that sucks about being up here is we literally have like one flea market and it's it's pretty much craft stuff and uh, the same stuff that's been there like five, six years and the guys just need to get it out of their house so they decide to get a booth for a summer and um yeah it's just getting to know some of those guys where you think that that's all they have and then you know i end up giving them my number well if you get anything new let me know and you know i've gotten a few calls or like next time i'll bring all my nes games next week um where they start pulling stuff out of their like private collection or whatever and actually fairly decent price but sometimes when you do that that gives them gives them too much time to look up prices on ebay <laughs> so and then it's like wait a second these were cheaper <laughs> but... yeah yeah absolutely and and that's changed a lot too i mean it, it kind of goes to show you like you were saying there was you didn't feel like there was a lot of people around into retro games but i think there are now um you go to that flea market on one of the busy weekends and there's multiple people they're like sitting waiting for those guys to open up just for those retro games now you know and that just was not the case nobody even looked at at uh flea markets for that stuff even maybe five years ago you know oh and there were so many sellers at that place too that had games when i first started going there that they just i haven't seen a game in their booth in three years now i mean it's they're not finding the games to bring either which is you know says something about the collecting market yeah (laughs) Yeah, winter winter is tough around here for sure for game hunting. Got to travel a little bit. So like this weekend, I'm going down to uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and they have like a big indoor flea market. So oh sure, I'm like new territory and check it out, see what's there. And the worst thing that they could have is nothing, and that's no big deal. Yep. So I'm used to that up here. So um, you got to check out. Yeah, Andy's getting there, into there's it. There's yeah. a yeah. Go for it. What was it called again? The Badlands, God, Badlands? Pawn Shop. Oh, I've totally been there. <laughs> oh yeah, that is with yeah. like a helicopter on the roof and the shooting gallery. And... Yeah, not yeah. not a place you find games, but it was kind of crazy. I was actually I haven't been in there recently, but I was in there like probably the first week that they opened. So they really didn't have a ton of stuff in there. Um, 
you know, they were kind of just getting getting started, and so it was really just a whole bunch of merchandise. They had like a whole bunch of T-shirts and 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 stuff like that, but there wasn't, you know, I was I was looking for retro games, and they didn't have anything at that time. Did you use the bathroom there? I did not. Oh God! I have a video. It was like my favorite thing. Andy and I took a trip. We went road hunt or game hunting, and we went through there. And they have the urinals where your piss is a controller, and you control the guy skiing down a hill. I like videotaped the whole thing. It was like the highlight of my weekend. I'm like, I got to. Game I guess I'll have to make a stop. So. <laughs> it's totally worth it. I highly recommend it. Best piss of your life. <clears throat> so, what do you have uh, plans? I guess for the YouTube channel or upcoming videos. Got anything? Oh yeah. Um, well, I have a a finds video of just the things that I found for the month of October, um, coming out hopefully on Sunday, and um, got a few other things that uh, I'm I'm working on. I think I like to. I'm a planner. I like to plan out a ton of things and have the details. So I think a couple of days ago I just kind of worked out. Okay, this is how many videos I'd like to put out. That doesn't mean I'm like you know, held to a gun to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have well, like a finds video coming out. I wanted to put out a uh, Thanksgiving themed one, like 10 games I'm thankful for. Um, nice. kind of like my top 10 games in a way for the NES. And really a lot of them are just NES related. Cause that's, that's really what my collection collection is. And then I think I have a couple of, uh, retro thursday recaps coming out as well on uh just some games that i've been playing and give my give my thoughts on them i've been playing this uh strange nes game called widget i don't know if you've ever heard of <laughs> that's it that's actually been one of our uh, yeah we, it was a byron burn for a we, while back oh really yeah. it's such a bizarre yep. strange game that in a way seems kind of unfinished um just kind of seems glitchy and oh yeah and uh and super frustrating it is i there's not a lot of games that like will make me rage and that is one like i just want to rip the controller out toss it up against the wall um so i have a, a few videos hopefully lined up that you know hopefully i have time to to do them so widget is incredibly frustrating <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, just the enemy placement is designed like they intentionally put enemies yeah. in places. Yep. To and the, like the bullets, the bullets were like randomized sucks. depending on like how many people were on screen, like how many bullets you could have on the screen at the same time. Yeah, super. It, yeah, I have gotten maybe I haven't beaten the game. I can't beat the game. I don't think. Um, but uh, I probably have gotten about halfway through multiple times, and I just, I just have to like shut it off because I'm so pissed. Well, I can't wait for that video. Should be entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's just be like AVGN, <laughs> like just full on rage. That was our third episode we had. Oh, yeah. Widget. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nate, we appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. So, um, if people are looking for you on um, YouTube and social media, where can they where can they find you? Yeah, just uh, search me on YouTube, Cartridge Fun. Hit the subscribe button. That w- that would help out a ton. Uh, we might get to that 60 subscribers. <laughs> and uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram is just at Cartridge Fun. I-, I post 
a lot of stuff on Twitter, just kind of things that I find and uh, thoughts on video games and stuff like that. Instagram, I'm not super active on, but you can definitely, definitely follow me. Awesome. Yeah. For anybody listening, definitely check out Cartridge Fun. Highly recommend uh, the YouTube channel. It's it's fun watching it grow. I mean, it's you're in a good spot where you've, you know, just got it growing. So hopefully the momentum keeps rolling for you, and you'll be at a few hundred subscribers before you know it. Yeah, appreciate it. All right. Well, I think that uh, concludes another episode. Justin, um, you want to take us out? Yeah, we got the website. You can find us. It's going to be the uh, www.weekendpodcast.com. Uh, you can go there and check that out. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Weekend Rental Podcast. Uh, you can click that and follow us on there. Um, Twitter, we are on there as well. It's at Weekend Rental PC. Uh, go ahead and follow us on there. Um, we do have a YouTube channel. Uh, kind of upload little segments. And that would be Weekend Rental Podcast. You can subscribe and catch the little broken up segments if you have time for that. Um, we have an email that Ryan does love to get emails at. You can still be email number one, people. Let's get those questions in. <laughs> Episode 11, we're going to have our first email. I'll work on one. <laughs> Thank you. He likes random pictures. <laughs> no genitals, please. I was just going to say someone, someone's going to take you up on that. <laughs> I'm getting a dick now. <laughs> Um, yeah, the email is weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find the uh, podcast on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher. And as always, be kind, rewind. Come on!